make a lot of money, help a lot of people, and have a lot of fun. I grew up poor, six kids and a single mom. I just wanted to be rich. I truly believe in an unconscious competency, that I was born with a quantum memory in my DNA on how to attract money. Now, I help people build that and earn that because you can shift your energy and shift your quantum. By the time I was 32, I owned stocks and real estate and I was an entrepreneur, an investor. They had over $100 million. It's the Dosinco Project. Money pouring in, clientele growing down. With your host, Dosinco. Let's go! What's up, everybody? You are now tuned into the Dosinco Project, where we talk about business, finance, motivation, and mindset. I have an incredible guest with me here today. I'm very excited because I flew all the way down from Philadelphia to California to meet this man. Um, he is the co-founder of Sports One Marketing and formerly served as CEO of the renowned Lee Sports and Entertainment Agency, which was inspir- which the inspiration was for uh, the movie Jerry Maguire. He also was a person who came from nothing, grew up in a home of six kids and a single mother, but was determined enough to be a success. And just nine months after graduating law school, became a millionaire. Years later, generated over $100 million, lost it all, but gained it all back again. But his life's long mission is to empower over 1 billion people to be happy. This simple yet powerful mission has led him to an incredible journey to provide one thing value. In all his content and communication, that's exactly what you'll receive. Everyone, please welcome David Meltzer. How are you doing today, sir? Oh, man, I'm blown away. It's so good to see you again. I am always blessed that someone would fly all the way across country, especially during these times, to see me, to sit down for a few minutes, to share the inspiration, mindset, aspiration that I was able to communicate when I first visited you at your school. One of the best speeches of my life, by the way. Yeah, that's awesome. Let me tell you, so the audience that I'm talking to, the audience that I'm presenting guests to, are exactly that. Individuals that come from rough environments, sometimes not having anything at all and need that inspiration. And so that's the reason why I wanted you here as well. Um, one of the things I want to just get right to it, because I know your time is, is really constrained, but you, know, you came with very little means. How were you able to generate the first million dollars nine months after graduating law school when you were growing up in a household where you had practically nothing? I mean, what was the skill sets? What were the things that allowed you to get to that first million? You know, I wrote about this in my book. It's called The Power of 64. And what I did was I decided that, you know, I learned in football I didn't have great capability. Uh, But I had a lot of determination, a desire to must be what I can be. And I kept all my options open. I was more interested than interesting. But The Power of 64 told me this, that I could beat people with math. And so what I decided to do was if you know, a normal person works eight hours of productivity five days a week, 40 hours of productivity, which is usually an exaggeration. Most people aren't even that productive. But what if I could practice being productive, meaning 16 hours a day, be productive, provide value, service to other people, to provide quantitative value? And then what if I could practice like I did in sports to get the greatest efficiency out of that productivity? So what if I could get twice as much productivity with my 16 hours. That then became 32 hours of productivity. And what if I could practice 
and get statistical success, meaning what if I was twice as successful? It may take you two sales for every 10 calls. What if I could have four sales for every 10 calls? And through that, I said, that's 64 hours of productivity a day. That's eight days of productivity of someone who's considered to be productive, right? Most people aren't productive eight hours a day. Eight days of productivity every single day. And then I said to myself, I'm not going to work a day in my life. And now people say, oh, why? Because you love what you do. I've never loved what I did. You know, even though, you know, selling legal research online, wireless proxy service space, running the first cell phone division, a smartphone in the world, Lee Steinberg even, you know, it seems like that job would be a dream job. It still had the same percentage of suck that your job has or anybody else's. What I decided was I was going to learn to love everything I did by not calling it work, by calling it activity. And I was going to maximize the activity seven days a week that I wanted in my life. So what are some of the activities I wanted in my life? I wanted activity to get paid for. I wanted to figure out how I could be active and get paid for it, all types of things. I wanted to be active vacation. I want to have active health, active family. And so what I did is said seven days a week, I'm going to have 64 hours of productivity a day. That's eight days of productivity in one day, 56 days of productivity in every week. That means I'm working, I'm sorry, activity I got paid for, 56 days a week. So when I blew out my comp plan nine months out of law school as a salesperson on the internet for legal research, they gave me all kinds of accolades, honors, and rewards, as well as over a million dollars in commissions because I had blown out the comp plan. Meanwhile, in the back of my head, I was laughing at those fools because I said to myself, I'm going to beat you with math. I just worked 10 years. Right? I had 10 years of productivity you know, in nine months. So I know your comp plan was 250 grand for a year, which is why I took the job, which is why as a young man, I always loved money because it left my blinkers open, not closed. The problem with my mom's philosophy in life and my siblings' philosophy was it was doctor, lawyer, or failure. Right, So they saw everything within the context, I got to go to do this, I got to do this. I got Me, I saw things as, where can I take the most opportunity to make the most money? I get to do these things. And by those subtle shifts of paradigm, those subtle shifts of mindset, utilizing math, anybody can reach and achieve whatever they do, even if you come from absolutely nothing. Because there's all types of professions, industries, careers that have one thing in order to be successful, the desire that you must be what you can be. Wow, that's that's truly interesting. Um, you know, obviously we're in a pandemic right now. A lot of people have lost their jobs. Um, there was a video that was circulating with you with regards to how you were able or or your advice to someone that would you know take them from a dollar to twenty thousand, right, and then continue to flip. What advice would you give to that man or woman that has lost their job, no income? What advice would you give in order to get them back? Well, first of us, know the difference between motivation and inspiration. You've got to be motivated to get up, get back up, get started, get back started, and then transition that into inspiration. The way that we transition is we look to see what we do have control of. We have control of our mindset, so make sure that you have a sturdy, steady mindset. Two, your heart set, how you feel about things. Make sure that you're feeling the right way, that we only spend minutes or moments in ego-based consciousness of worry, anxiety, frustration, fear, whatever it may be be. And then we got to think, say, and do all the right things. How do we do that? Take inventory of our capabilities. Know what your skills are. Know what your knowledge is, meaning of not only what you know, but who you know, 
right? I talk about radical humility. The best thing we can do is treat everyone as a sponsor or a power sponsor. In other words, know the question. Do you know anyone that can help me? Don't be afraid to ask for help. The easiest way to get to where you want to go is to ask someone that's already there, how do I get there? Just ask directions. Most men, especially, we don't have that radical humility. We're going to rather be lost our whole lives than get the directions of where we want to go. And then finally, not only is it the skills, knowledge, but it's that desire. Make sure that you are inspired with desire. The ability it must be what you can be. If you take all three of those capabilities, skills, knowledge, and desire, align it to what is doing well today, industries, careers, businesses, whatever it may be, see how you, your capabilities are synergistic or supplementary to what's doing well now, you'll see that the great change that occurs creates great opportunity, that you don't want to waste the crisis. You want to align this as a new beginning to twist and turn and angle to what you want and have faith you'll end up somewhere better. And you could also look at what you're aligned with synergistically and supplementary to what's stable today. Certain businesses haven't changed. Right. And if you want a stable job, go find something. Go. And where do we find those people ask me that all the time? I'm like, it's easy. Stock market. Go see what stocks are exploding. Those are companies that are doing well. See what stocks haven't changed in the year, even though it's been a pandemic. Those are the stable ones. And then if you're a risk taker, go ahead and align your capabilities, synergistic or supplementary to what you think will do well. In the future, take a lottery ticket, be an entrepreneur, try to expand and accelerate because with great change comes great opportunities. There's more millionaires made in margins of depression and and, in recessions than any other time. Go back to 2008, look and see what companies were formed in 2008. When we look back again in 12 years, we'll be talking about 2020 and how incredible the innovation in 2020 was. So true. Now, after you achieved your $1 million, right, how were you able to scale that up? to the net worth of over a hundred million? You know, for me, it was still to maintain uh, the system of math, but also to institute five daily practices. Uh, And so those five daily practices are number one, I started to take inventory of what I wanted. You know, most people are worried about their why. I was never worried about my why. I used to pray to God on the edge of my law school bed. God, if you just give me the opportunity to buy my mom a house and a car, if you give me that opportunity, I will shovel shit with my hands six days a week, 12 hours a day in gratitude. That's how bad I wanted it. But that was my what? I wanted to buy my mom a house and a car. So I started to focus to maintain and grow and accelerate that segmentation to get to 100 million was simply know my what. I knew the why would be applied. The why is always applied when you know what you wanted. Most people don't know what they want. You want to go test it? Go out in this office right here when we get out and say, hey, what do you want to do? 99% of these fools will say, I don't know. Ask them where they want to go eat? I don't know. What do you want to eat? I don't know. Know your what. If you know your what, then you can ask for it. You can do and be more interested than interesting to ask the people that sit in the position that have your what for directions on how to get the what or ask them for it and they may give you the what. And then three, be a student. Now, I know we met at your college, and uh, a student means something different to me than other people. To me, being a student is the mathematical equation of luck. Not because my mom said doctor, lawyer, failure, or the fetus wasn't fully developed until after graduate school. But the reason I say being a student is the formula or the mathematical equation of luck is because studying is paying attention to and giving intention to what you think, say, do, believe, and the unconscious competencies, you know, things like your personality traits, characteristics, obsessions, and addictions. If you add those all together, your attention and your intention, it equals the coincidences in your life. It equals the luck. 
And so I've created being a student, and one of the biggest things to be a student of is your calendar, what you have planned, what you don't have planned, and your sleep. Remember, sleep is an exercise. The only difference is the warm-up to sleep is called a warm-down. And so a wind-down routine is essential to sleep because that's when the subconscious and unconscious mind is clearly connected to the greatest source of love, light, and lessons, the greatest source of energy that you have that liberates you to liberate others, to empower you to empower others to simply be happy. The fourth thing that I'd started doing was doing it now. So uh, to be present to me was to ask myself, can I do it now? Because I learned that math once again. I realized that 99% of the things I did now got done. And so I started to do things now. I asked myself, can I do it now according to my values of what I wanted in the day? And if I could, I did it because it saved twice as much time and made me statistically and exponentially so much more successful. And then even beyond that, I started to practice end to fear. This was the biggest practice of my life, including when I lost everything in 2008, over $100 million. I, instead of spending years and weeks and months in fear, primal fear, right? The Freudian fears, right? Fight, feed, flight, and the other F word. And the secondary fears. I started to realize that I was buying things I didn't need to impress people I didn't like, that money wasn't buying me happiness and love. I was shopping for the wrong things. I had to start utilizing the practice of ending fear to shop for the right things. Not things I didn't need, not different things to make me happy, not more things to make me happy, not things to impress people I didn't like or did like. It didn't matter. I was not here anymore to have people admire me or define me by my employment status, E, what I got in my life, G, the O, I didn't give a shit what other people think, the O. E-G-O, I was getting it out of my life. Goodbye, adios, amigo. The ego was gone. And so I started practicing how to do that by being a ferocious Buddha. Number one, identifying what I was afraid of. Not backing away, just identifying, saying, I have a need to be right, a need to be offended, separate, inferior, superior, anxious, frustrated, guilty, worried, resentful. All these things are wasting my life away. They're creating resistance. They're creating objections to what I want. I'm already connected to this great source. I told you, I know it comes through me for other. I feel it. And I'm going to stop creating interferences and voids by doing the wrong things, surrounding myself with the wrong people, the wrong ideas, because I'm not living my true self, the enjoyment of the consistent, persistent pursuit of my own potential. So I started practicing identifying that. And then instead of resisting it or fighting it, trying to climb over it, go under it or around it, I knew and I found this little key that I called breathing, man. I just stopped. I stopped. Instead of accelerating in the wrong direction, I was now a ferocious Buddha. Ferocious and courageous to stop when I was accelerating in ego-based consciousness, but ferocious by stopping and breathing. Finding center. And then once I found that center, that new frequency, that plateau and grow philosophy that I started to institute in my life, I just plateaued and growed from zero to 100 million, back down to zero, back up past and beyond what I ever dreamed of, because I know one thing. I'm exactly where I'm supposed to be. I have everything I need. I'm at the right place at the perfect time. And I'm going to angle towards what I want by taking inventory of what I want and doing these other practices like asking the track student in my calendar, do it now and practicing ending fear. And when I do, what that will equate to is the most powerful currency of all, an object of energy you put into the flow. Money is a currency, but I'm going to give everybody today the bigger currency, faith, because I have faith that I'm exactly where I'm supposed to be angling towards what I want, but faith that I'm going to end up somewhere better than that. Wow. One of your lifelong mes- mis- missions is to empower 1 billion people to be over. happy. Over. Don't one mind billion, <laughs> Over 1 billion people to be happy. What are the steps you're taking to reach that feat? And also, how do you intend on measuring that? Well, first of all, you know, when I came up with the idea for my 12-year-old daughter's friend committed suicide, and I said, we got a happiness problem. 
I got to figure this out. I'm like, how can I create a collective consciousness to change the world so that everybody's happy? Right? Happiness, happy people don't get sick, let alone they don't attack other people. They believe there's abundance, there's more than enough of everything. So I started thinking about it. When I started telling people I'm going to empower over a billion people to be happy, create a collective consciousness, they laughed at me. My own family asked me, who do you think you are, Tony Robbins, Jesus Christ? What are you thinking? Have you lost your mind? Have all the misfeasance of your past caught up with you? Are you going insane? And then I realized every time they laughed at me, every time they made fun of me, every time they scoff at me, they ended up applauding me. So what did I do? I went exactly where I did when I wanted a million dollars, over a million dollars. I went to the math because the math doesn't lie. It's a pragmatic man-made construct math. And so I said, all right, how am I going to get to over a billion people? And you know what? You being here is proof that I'm going to get to over a billion people because I'm looking for a thousand people like you. A thousand people like you that I know can empower a thousand people utilizing the values in my book, the principles, the key elements, the five daily practices, all the different videos that I do, the podcasts, the TV shows, uh, all the speaking and executive coaching, the private groups, all the stuff that I got going on. I know guys like you will be able to empower another thousand people and teach them to empower another thousand. Let's do the math together just like the power of 64. A thousand times a thousand is a million. A million times a thousand is a billion. All I need to do in my lifetime, I'm 52 years old, is find a thousand people like you, my friend, and I'm guaranteed to create a collective consciousness and change the world. I love that. I love that. Now, what I want you to do is I want you to picture your 20-year-old self right now. Obviously, you're a man of success. You've achieved, quite, you've achieved a lot in your lifetime. But I want you to imagine that 20-year-old person, give that person some advice that would change their life totally? The advice that I give my 20-year-old self is the same advice I give to my 30, 40, and even 50-year-old self. And it's the same two words that I write on my nightstand. And it's not gratitude. It's not thank you. Although thank you is the most powerful thing you can have. It's radical humility. What I would tell my 20-year-old self is you don't know what you don't know. What I've learned about learning, about accelerating and growing, about exponentially living my life and compound interest and being more interested than interesting is every time that I learn something new, every time I see pain, not as a stop sign, but as an indicator, a turn signal that I'm going to move to something better, that a better situation or a better place exists.